Hi, this is Rick Thompson, the pastor at Living Water Community Church. This is our podcast, and I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message builds your faith and blesses you. Please enjoy it. Amen. Good morning, everybody, and happy Easter. Happy Resurrection Day. Good to be in God's house. With God's people and all your beautiful smiling faces, I want to welcome you. I want to welcome those who are joining us online as well. This is Resurrection Sunday. And today we're continuing in our series that we simply have been calling The Sweet Life. Someone say The Sweet Life. And it's based on the scripture, Psalms 34, 8. Matter of fact, you can read it out loud with me. Can we put it up there? One, two, three, Go. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. It's an invitation. And that's what we're going to be talking about today on Resurrection Sunday. And really for the next few weeks, it's a series. And I invite you, even beyond just today, join us for our series, for For today's sweet life choice that I've chosen in terms of um, what's tasty out there today, I chose Reese's Take Five. Reese's Take Five. Anyone ever tried a Reese's Take Five? Come on, somebody. Oh, my goodness. Now, I had to look this up as to, I mean, I took... I had my, had my uh, office manager order them. <laughs> they came in, too. I said, you know what? I got to try these, right? And, and it was so good. And, and then I had to look up as to what were the ingredients. And the reasons why they call it Take Five is because it has five beautiful ingredients in each one of them. They have pretzels and caramels and peanut butter, peanuts and Chocolate. <laughs> oh, man. And when you're hitting it in your mouth, oh, my goodness. It is so good. Now, why did I choose that one for today? Because in the same way, the crucifixion, the resurrection, it purchased for every single one of us at least, there were probably more, but at least five beautiful life-changing things. That if you would but taste, if we would but taste and see that the Lord is good, you would run to him and not away from him. Amen? The Apostle Paul verifies this, and you heard it in the worship song. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, he said, But Christ has rescued us, listen, from the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on the cross... He took upon himself the curse for his wrongdoing. Help me out, somebody. For our wrongdoing. For it is written in the scriptures, cursed is everyone who hung on a tree. And through the work of Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to Abraham. And we Christians receive the promised Holy Spirit Through faith. And so, what is the Apostle Paul saying in the scripture? What is he trying to tell us? He's saying that because we owed a debt, a sin debt that we couldn't pay, Jesus on the cross paid that debt, but he didn't owe it. 
He paid it because he loved every single one of us. He paid it out of obedience to his father. He did that so that you and I can receive the sweetest gift freely offered to us by faith, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you something. There is no greater gift offered to mankind. This is not a gift that you casually ignore, that you just walk by, but so many people are doing it, and so often. And so we're going to take five this morning from the cross. I'm going to highlight five things that I believe the cross offers to every single one of us if we would just receive it. First of all is redemption. I want you to write this down. And reconciliation. Redemption and reconciliation. Redemption means to be bought back. And someone might ask, bought back from what? Well, if you read the scripture, the scripture scripture tells us that Adam sinned. He broke the covenant of God. and, And in that brokenness, we were separated from God. And sin came in and we were sold into bondage. And so when Jesus went to the cross... He brought us back to him. He reconciled us to himself. And this is how he did it in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. It says, Christ himself, listen, carried, again, there's that word again, our sins in his body to the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. It is by his wounds that you have been healed. It was by his wounds and did anyone see the Passion of Christ many years ago? A graphic, uh, a graphic thing, of uh, a depiction of what actually happened to the Lord. The Bible says that when the Romans, they, when they devised a way to kill people, they were particularly creative in the way they did it. And he didn't just go to the cross, but the scripture says he took 39 lashes from a cat of nine tails. And so it would be a whip fashioned with nine things on it and barbs on it. And so when, he, when, it, when it went across his back and went across his body, it gripped in there and it pulled at him. He was a bloody mess. Scripture says he took that punishment for you and I. It was by his wounds that you and I have been healed. Now, Peter, quoting the prophet Isaiah, he said the same thing hundreds of years prior. This is what Isaiah the prophet saw foretelling in the future. He says, Isaiah 53, verse 5. He says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. There's that word again. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are what? We are healed. We are brought back. And then it tells us the condition that we're all in. It says, all we like sheep have gone astray We have turned everyone to his own way, but the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And so the healing they're referring to is is that giant wound sin that made us, that, 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 that fell upon all of mankind. And because all of sin, the scripture says what we deserve for that sin in our lives, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now, also with that reconciliation, the scripture says that there's a possibility for physical healing and deliverance. Deliverance from what? Deliverance from 
the influence of, of demonic activity in our lives to include the breaking of curses, the breaking of curses. And so when the scripture says, curses everyone who hangs on a tree, and Jesus hung on a tree, the scripture says he literally took the curses that would fall on us, he took it upon himself. And we do not have to walk in those curses anymore. Come on, somebody. We all have friends and people that may not like you and they might say things against you. But listen to me, they got to get, get past the blood of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Matthew chapter 8, verse 16 says, When evening came, people brought to Jesus, watch this, many who had demons in them. Jesus drove out the evil spirits with a word, and he healed all who were sick. He did this to make what the prophet Isaiah had said come true. Watch. He himself took our sickness and carried away our diseases. Now, what was Jesus doing uh, over 2,000 years ago when he walked the earth? He says he drove out demons and he healed those who were sick. Let me ask you something. Where do you think those demons went after he drove them out? Something to think about. I want to suggest to you today that 2,000 years later, after he drove them out, they're just looking for more occupants. Come on, somebody. They're still roaming the earth today. And when I turn on the news and I see what's taking place in our country, and I hear stuff like, when I hear stuff like, um, you know, I have to start calling people by their pronouns, their preferred pronouns. In other words, you're a man, but if you prefer to be a woman, you want to be called a woman, even though you're a man. And if you're a woman, you, you, uh, you think that you're a man, you want to be called a man. Okay, I get, all, I get all that. You know what I don't get? There are people who their preferred pronouns is they and them. How does that work? Because the only they's and them's I've ever seen is in the Bible. <laughs> when he was casting out demons out of people. Come on, somebody. Those spirits are still roaming the earth today, and they're putting themselves on full display. Don't be fooled. And God says he can bring us deliverance and redemption and reconciliation. And that includes deliverance and healing from these things. Second thing he provides is provision and prosperity. Write that down. Provision and prosperity. John 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and, and be in health even as your soul prospers. And David, King David, he declared in Psalms 23, he says, The Lord is my shepherd. Help me out, somebody. What does it say? I lack nothing. One translation says, I, I shall not want. Imagine lacking nothing. Because the Lord is your shepherd. Because you are following after him. Matthew 6, 31, Jesus said, So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. And he says, But this is what I want you to do. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, or right standing, and what will happen? All these things will be given to you as well. So many people are running around trying to get the hustle on, trying to figure things out for yourself. And Jesus told us how to figure it out. He says, put me first. 
because your father knows what you need. Amen? Now, I shared last week about the miracle of Jesus walking on the, sea of, uh, walking on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. And when I was over there, the Sea of Galilee is huge. And at some point, the crowds who were following him were so big that he, had to, he, he saw some fishermen uh, off the coast, I mean, uh, cleaning their nets. And he asked them, can you, can you push your boat out so I can get on so I can continue to, to, to minister to the crowds? And like I said last week, Jesus wasn't a, a, a 20-minute preacher like so many people expect preachers to preach today. I'm not a 20-minute preacher either. Just, I'm just letting you know that, okay? But... I will get you out of here by 2 o'clock. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 2.30. No. Uh, he, so he's telling them, he's preaching to them, and after a long day, he turns to, the, to Peter, and after he's done, he says, let down your nets. And Peter says, listen, uh, uh, we've been fishing all night, and we've caught nothing. We've cleaned the nets. And I told the church last week, this is how you get your blessings uh, from the Lord. Because Peter said this, he said, but because you said so. But because you said so, Lord. And for those who are not familiar with the story, Peter let down the net. And all of a sudden, (laughs) hundreds of fish hit that net so bad to the point where the boat started dragging down. And then he had to call for help. And in calling for help... Both boats started to drag down. It was so full. Listen to me. If God knows where to send fish to meet the needs of people who are obedient to him, he knows where to send the resources to you too. Come on, somebody. He just does. But he tells us to seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you as well. Amen? The third thing that he offers is prayer and peace. Prayer and peace. And they go hand in hand because there are so many people who are seeking peace in all the wrong places. They look to people. They look to places. If I can just get my family to Disney World because Disney World is supposed to be the happiest place on earth. Come on, somebody. It's probably the most expensive place on earth. They require an arm and a leg. Your child, they they want to charge your child as an adult at nine years old. And what country is your nine-year-old an adult? They couldn't get here by themselves. They certainly didn't pay to get in by themselves. And it's a hundred and something dollars. Listen, they look for places. If I can go to Disney, if I can go to Hawaii, I'll be happy. And if that doesn't work, they look to pills or they look to different things. It's it's not found in any of those places. Let me tell you something. It's found in one place. It's found in Jesus and him alone. Amen. Amen. Galatians 4, 6 says, and because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now, you need to know something about this little term. It, it tickled me because I'm like, where else in the, in the whole Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, does it say, does that term be used for God? Uh, and you're, you're not going to find it anywhere, but in the New Testament, Jesus used it uh, uh, when he spoke to the Father on the eve of his own crucifixion. He said, Abba, please take this cup from me. 
But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And he said it, uh, uh, Paul used it in Galatians, and he used it uh, again in Romans, uh, meaning the same thing. But it, it was a term of endearment that children would call their parents. Jewish children would call their dads. It's like Papa. It's like Daddy. Nowhere in the Old Testament do you see the Jews using Abba to describe God. In fact, they weren't even allowed to write the name. It wasn't a personal God. But here Jesus is telling us the God of the universe wants to be in relationship with us. And he's giving us a spirit that doesn't call out, you know, the God over there somewhere. He's saying, I'm giving you a spirit. You are his children. And that spirit cries out, Abba, Daddy, Papa, because he wants relationship with us. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And what will happen? And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What are you facing today? What is stealing your peace or robbing you of your joy? The Bible says, listen, I'm giving you an opportunity to come into my family. And listen to me. It's not as difficult as some of you might think. We saw it displayed on the overhead. Three crosses is because the, the Bible records that Jesus was crucified uh, with two other men, three men, two other men in between two, uh, two guys. And while he was on the cross, the one of the uh, thieves on the cross was ridiculing him and reviling him and saying, if you're the son of man, everybody was reviling him at that time. But he jumped in and says, yeah, get yourself down. And he's making all sorts of nonsense. And the other one on the cross turned to him and he rebuked him. He said, what's wrong with you? We're up here because of what we've done. This man has done nothing. And he turns to Jesus. And he says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your own. And Jesus turned to him and he said, today you will be with me in paradise. Now listen to me. That man had not spent one day in church. He'd never been baptized. He'd never given a dime, in, in, as, as far as we know, into an offering plate. He was on the cross for his sins and he knew it. So what got him the opportunity to make it into paradise. He acknowledged he was a sinner. He recognized Jesus in that moment was a savior. And he put his faith in him. Amen. And his last breath on this earth was followed by his first breath in heaven. Come on. It is not as difficult as people make it out to be. You put your trust in Jesus. You trust him for your salvation. And he says, because he lived, you heard it in every song sung today, because he lives, we shall live 
as well. The fourth thing he offers is power and praise. Second Timothy 1 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And a sound mind. You've heard it in the song that God can do all things but fail, right? Because what's too big for you, how many know it's not a problem for him? Amen? And, and he invites us in the scriptures to cast our cares on him because he cares for us. Isaiah 61, 3 says, To all who mourn in Israel, he will give beauty for ashes, joy instead of mourning, praise instead of despair, for the Lord has planted them like strong and graceful oaks for his own glory. How many know that when God plants you or establishes you, nothing's going to move you? Nothing's going to move you. That's why the scripture says, having done all else, stand firm. And this is a word for somebody because you're going through something and the Lord is telling you, trust me, having done all else, stand firm. Stand firm. That's good to know in this upside down world. Because in this world, we have mourning, we have misery, but the Bible says God can give us beauty for ashes, joy instead of mourning, praise instead of despair, the power to overcome and declare like the Apostle Paul, who even though he was shipwrecked and stoned, and left for dead, the Bible says that he declared, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Amen? Amen. And that's a promise not just to him, but that's to every single one of us, which brings me to the fifth ingredient. And that fifth ingredient is probably the most important because he gives us cleansing and no condemnation cleansing with no condemnation. Romans 8.1 Therefore, there is now no condemnation. For who? For those who are where? In Christ Jesus. You've got to get in Jesus. The Bible says he who has the Son has the life. But he who does not have the Son does not have the life. It's just that simple. Psalms 103, 12 says, He has removed our sins as far as from the east is from the west. That's what the cross did. He offered us complete forgiveness and redemption so that there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So I want you to think about that. But why the cross? Why should you accept Jesus? And that's the, the big question for many. And just, I'm just going to ask just for, just for just a few more minutes of your time. Because this is, first of all, how many are here because somebody invited you? you just put up your hand. Somebody invited you. All right. How many are here because I invited you? <laughs> There's a few of you here. All right. Well, I'm glad that you're all here. 
But this is, this is why we wanted you here. Uh, we were, um, a few years ago, we took a mission trip to Jamaica to, to preach the gospel and, and to do um, a VBS, Vacation Bible School for the Children. And I had a, I had a so we split the teams into, I think we had three sites at that, that time, three different groups. And I had um, teams going to different churches, ministering to them. And then I, as we were at one site, there was a group of uh, young men and ladies looking on from the other, from across the fence. And so I felt prompted in my spirit to, to go over and maybe talk to them about, about Jesus. And I walked over and, and the one guy started, he was getting his hair done by his girlfriend. Started talking to him about spiritual things and, and stuff like that. It, it just came up and we started naturally talking. And I brought up the fact, I said, um, would you consider yourself a good person? He says, he says yes, ma'am. I'm a good person. I said, do you mind if I ask you a few questions to see if that's true? He said, no, man, ask me questions. I said, have you, have, you, have you ever taken anything that didn't belong to you, even small things? He said, yes, ma'am. I said, what do you call somebody who takes things that don't belong to them? He said, a thief, man. I said, have you... Have you ever, have you ever, um, you know, taken the Lord's name in vain or something along those lines? And he said, yes, man, I've done that. The Bible calls that blasphemy along those lines. I said, have you ever um, looked at a, a woman with lust? And he looked across the room, the thing at the, the ladies that I brought with me to, to the mission to field, he said, I'm doing it right now, Mom. <laughs> I said, Jesus said to look at someone with lust in your eyes is to commit adultery with them. Have you always honored your parents? He said, no, man, I haven't. I said, my friend, you know, in, in the span of just a few minutes, you admitted to being a, a, a blasphemer adulterer, uh, a thief, <laughs> you know. I said, listen, if God were to judge you by that standard, would you be innocent or guilty? He said, I'd be guilty, man. I said, if that was the standard that God was going to use to determine whether you go to heaven or hell, where would you go? And all of a sudden, all jokes were off. He said, he looked at me and said, I'd go to hell, man. And that was only three or four questions. I was just asking the Ten Commandments. I promise you, I can ask you all of them. Have you always put God first? Have you always honored your parents? Have you always, um, you know, done, have you never told lies? Come on, somebody. Have you never coveted your neighbor's things? We'd fail all of them, every single one of them. And I asked him, I said, does that concern you? And this is what he said to me. He said, no one wants to go to hell. Honest answer. I said, you know what God did so that we wouldn't have to go to hell? 
said, no, man. And that's when I told him about Jesus. For God so loved you that he gave his one and only son that if you believe in him, you will not perish but have everlasting life. That's what God did. That's what the cross was about. He paid a debt he didn't owe. Come on. And you owe a debt that you cannot pay because the Bible says all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. And the death it's talking about is not physical death. Everyone dies physically. It's talking about the second death, eternal separation from the Father. Because every single one of us has a, has a spirit inside of us that will live forever somewhere. And that's why Jesus can turn to the thief on the cross and say, today you will be with me in paradise. His body will fall to the ground, but his spirit is going to live forever. Where's your spirit going to live? And the scripture makes it clear, this is how you know. Because I want to know. He who has the son has the life. He who does not have the son does not have the life. If you put your faith and trust in Jesus and him alone for the, for the salvation of your soul, repent of your sin, turn from doing things your own way, and turn to him. He says, in that moment, you get serious with God, he gets serious with you. You ask for forgiveness. He says, you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's not automatic. You have to ask. And so as we come to the end of this service, if you've not yet done that, it is my privilege and my honor to lead you in a prayer. And in so doing, the Bible says, the moment you do, you become born again. Anybody interested? I'm going to ask everyone to bow their heads and to close their eyes. If that's you today, I realize that today is the anniversary of my son-in-law, Eric. Many years ago, he wasn't married, but he was invited. He was sitting right over there on the Easter service. And he gave his life to Jesus. That was over 10, 12 years ago now. And so I'm giving you that same opportunity. If that's you, say something like this from your heart, out loud. Make an altar, talk right to him. It's not that hard. He's given us a spirit that cries out, Abba, Daddy. Say, Heavenly Father, I come before you today and I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And whatever they are, don't be flip about it. You know that you're doing things that you shouldn't ought to do. Ask him to forgive you. He's a forgiving God. He's good. That's what the blood of Jesus came to do is clean. I ask you, Lord, to come into my life and to come into my heart right now and to fill me with your spirit, with your power, and with your love. 
from this day forward, Lord, I commit my life completely to you. And I put my trust in you and you alone for the salvation of my soul. Let every head bow and every eye closed. If you said that prayer for the first time and you meant it, you're not ashamed to let me know. Just slip up your hand and say, Pastor, I pray with you this morning. I gave my life to Jesus. I see your hand. Anybody else? I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. Hands going up all over the place. I see your hand. I see your hand. Listen, if you're listening online, I don't have to see your hand because God knows. God sees you. And in that moment, you get serious with him. He gets serious with you. I want to welcome you all into the kingdom of the Lord. To get saved on Resurrection Sunday is an awesome thing. But it's not the end. It's the beginning of a walk with him. He wants to walk with you. He wants to talk with you. We serve a risen Savior. He's alive, so you can go to him in prayer, and you can cast your cares on him, and he has a plan for your life. Amen. Thank you so very much for listening to this message. We hope you were truly blessed. If you were, please subscribe to our podcast, if you haven't already, and share it with a friend. Doing so will cause the seeds of God's word and the message of his love to spread like wildfire. So thanks again for partnering with us in this important way. Stay thirsty for Christ, my friends, until the whole world hears. God bless.